Hey guys, this is Heroes Home Base Podcast, episode 12. Welcome into another episode. This is Rich. This is Rob. This is Mark. What's going on, fellas? How we doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm great. Can't complain. Well, first, I can't believe this is a baker's dozen. This is uh, episode 12 already. It's kind of crazy. I know. Um, actually, Kobe... I was just... Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, it is a bit of a sad week because of Kobe Bryant. Isn't that sad news? Extremely sad news. Yeah, it's kind of depressing, actually. You know, it's makes you uh, enjoy life and know that it's could end very quickly i'm just sad about his 13 year old daughter and all the other folks that were on the helicopter with him as well just awful it's very sad um on a lighter note i was uh just recently talking to my uh buddy jesse who is a uh consistent listener of our program and he said uh kind of listening to some episodes he has started back picking up his comic pull at his comic store of choice so I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Did he say what he's reading currently? Uh, you know, he did in an earlier conversation, but I can't remember. So I might have to might have to check back with him and see what's in his pull. Nice. Mark, you uh, been to the store lately or done any good reading? No, I just have been uh, just kind of discussing trailers that I've seen lately with... Um, friends that I have here in the city just with um, the new Mutants trailer the Morbius trailer the new Birds of Prey trailer Birds of Prey comes out next week so I've just been discussing mostly movie trailers have you I know our conversation last episode have you decided whether or not you're going to go see that still haven't decided (laughs) I think it's going to happen you're going to go I'm leaning towards no actually I'm leaning towards uh, no I won't see it so all right, so let's. Uh, we got any uh, email news there, boys? I think we got another email from uh, Mr. Herb. What did he say? As your lone emailer, I reserve the right to use as many characters in the subject line as I desire. <laughs> That's great. And then once again, it's in the subject line. <laughs> uh, that line from The Dark Knight always gets me. I remember watching a fuzzy YouTube clip taken by cell phone at the Comic-Con 2013 uh, Batman v Superman logo teaser reveal. Harry Lennox uh, reads that line as the official announcement, and I shat myself, figuratively, of course. <laughs> Sorry, this, these words are really small since... Uh... Once again, in the main body of the email, N.A. N.A. P.S. Woke. (laughs) Oh, we love you, Herb. Thanks again, Herb. Thanks, Herb. You're a class act, buddy. I forgot to uh, tell you guys, I did pick up the new run of Daredevil by uh, Mm -hmm. Zdarsky. So I have all all the uh, current issues. I think it's up to 16. And I went to uh, World's Greatest Comics his newer location and uh, picked up one of the issues that I was missing, but I've started reading that. It's really, really good. It's almost like reading the fourth or the, how many seasons of the Netflix show was there? Three, three. So it's like reading the fourth season almost. It's not quite, but it's got pretty much the same characters that were in the show. So 
I'm really enjoying post it. Post so defenders. Far. What's that? Like post defenders or? Well, there was another season of Daredevil after Defenders, and mm-hmm. that's when they announced all the shows were getting canceled off of Netflix right after that. So, gotcha. So yeah, I'm up to issue um, seven. So it's it's really good. I'm enjoying it. So and I know that uh, Matt's Hawkeye number two came out this week too. So I have to have to catch up on Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. So Mark, you better head to the comic store and grab that. I will. No other comic news. WandaVision on the Disney Plus app, the new Marvel MCU show, moved up from 2021 to 2020. This year it's going to come out. And also, talking Scarlet Witch? Yeah, Scarlet Witch. And they're going to, they're going to, this is the show where they're going to name her, where she's going to be called the Scarlet Witch. And also in another Marvel show that's going to be on the DC Universe app, or not, oh God. Another, <laughs> another Marvel show that's going to be on the Disney Plus. Um, platform is going to be called the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, I was reading that they, or I heard that they're going to take away the shield from the Falcon, and I actually saw photos that they're going to give it to another Marvel character named U.S. Agent. So oh, he will shit. make, yeah, he's going to be in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I can't wait to see what they do with that. Are you happy about that decision, or? Um, I'm in curious to see the how they're going to do that, but also I, I can't believe they're bringing the character to life. It was not a character that I th- would ever think that they would bring to life, but they're they're going to, and I just can't wait to see it. Now, was this a character from the West Coast Avengers? He was a member of the West Coast Avengers. Very good. Man, I'm starting to remember stuff. You're starting to be a multi-universe person there, Richard. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, you got anything lined up as far as any new titles you want to try to get into this year? So, I think I mentioned it last time. I haven't been able to get to the Ogre lately. Um, I do have some gift certificates still from Christmas that I'd like if to If you're not going to use them, I could I could definitely take them off your hands. I, or... I, I will use them, sir. I will use them. Um, I kind of want to look at maybe into some Ultimate Spider-Man. Maybe see what I can... Um... I have to go straight trade paperbacks on that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much just based off uh, Matt's recommendation. Um, but um, I, st- I still want to read his uh, Hawkeye. But uh, I I just think I do it to my love of comics to branch out and, you know, read some more Marvel stuff as well. So um, I can't think of anything else at the moment. Um, I've kind of given up on, I was really into um, Injustice for a while, and I've pretty much read most of that first run. I, I don't really want to go into Injustice 2, just kind of catching up on some older stories. But So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I tell you what, um, do you guys remember the Robert Kirkman's secret com- origins of comics on the AMC? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just recently went back to YouTube and started rewatching those. <laughs> I watched the uh, the whole uh, Image episode where all those guys left Marvel to go do start Image comics. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I watched the uh, the story of Jerry and Joe, the Superman episode, and how DC really fucked them over, and. Uh, it wasn't until the seventies until they finally got their royalty or their you know, their name associated with it. There's a really good one. I think it was um 
might be a Hulu original. It was the Bill Finger documentary. I think that was a uh, Bill Finger. I need. Yeah, it was kind of... Hulu. Yeah, it was yeah. Hulu on Hulu. I remember watching that. That was a really good one. I watched that a few years back. It was really good. Such a sad story. Pretty much died dirt poor while Bob Kane's just. That's what I'm saying. That's what happened to a lot of comic legends, man. That's like when you when you look at the guys from Marvel that they didn't feel they, they were the number one books and they didn't feel like they were getting you know compensated for it so then they just left and they you know they have the Jack Kirby's and the the Bill Fingers and all those other people that never got what they you know they're just I, I mean you're talking about the creators of the first superhero that it took decades for them to get that's fucking bullshit man well and i think Bill Finger didn't even get recognized until Batman v Superman. I think that was the official first movie where he got recognized. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty damn recent. And his his family fought a lot for that to happen. It's kind of sad. I did like that uh, Jerry and Joe were like best friends till they passed away. Yeah. They went to the, uh, they were invited to the Christopher Reeves 70, 78, 79 movie when it was in theaters and they got to see their names on the big screen that was pretty sweet that's awesome nice well i will keep my eyes and ears open for any new comic news i plan on buying matt's hawkeye number two this week i'll let you know how that is so rich um some news out there in uh hbo land that uh watchmen may not see a second season I have read uh, a lot of reports and read a lot of articles, and from the logist of all that, it looks like it is canceled. It looks like it will not get a second season. It was canceled, or was that the plan all along? I A lot of places are not saying that it it's canceled. They're just saying that uh, Lindelof, creative mind behind it, has did not have the intention of doing a second season. He basically just blew his load on the first season and he has no more ideas or any other direction to take the characters. I think that's um, a load of shit. I, if that's, if that's what he intended, he did a great job of like Herb said, mutilating the original source material in my opinion. So good riddance. I I just don't understand why you would put so much time and money into even getting a show onto HBO to end it like that. Yeah, like I've said before, it, it's it's a beautifully shot show, but that's it. It was to me, it was not Watchmen. It was uh, I, I'm not gonna sit here and discuss it again because that'll be like the fourth episode. But I mean, it is shocking. I mean, they left it on a cliffhanger. And uh, I don't really know what the ratings of the show were. I know that they were... It's kind of hard to read into all that with how many people stream stuff and how accurate those numbers are. You know, in the past, it was just live eyes on the on the material, you know? Yeah. But now with DV, DVRs and people streaming stuff and watching it a week later or they'll just they'll try to back up a few episodes to binge. I mean, how accurate are these numbers? You know what I mean? Yep. So I don't know. I I was shocked to read that, but the more I've um, read about the show and, and, and us discussing the show and getting, getting other, other people's thoughts on the show, I'm just really fucking disappointed with it, man. They, I, I feel like they dropped the ball. I think they took, 
the story in a direction that I don't understand why it was put through the lens of the Watchmen graphic novel, I guess. I don't know. Mark, what are your thoughts? You you were a fan of the show. Is I this... was a fan of the show. I'm, I'm sad that it's not coming back. I enjoyed watching weekly episodes of it. I looked forward to it. It's so interesting that as creative as they are to create a first season, that they couldn't come up with something else. Right, right. And kind of left it with a cliffhanger, you know, as creative as these people are. Um, I'm sad that it was only one season. I've heard that, uh, like, everybody's like, well, he'll be back, but pretty much everybody that worked on the show is gone. They're already working on other projects and doing other things, so it's pretty safe to say that it's not coming back. So I know a lot of people will be disappointed. I mean, I just remember first watching like the teaser trailer because there really wasn't much of a preview for it which kind of you know added to the hype i just remember like oh this is going to be exciting this is going to be good coming off of the depressing ending of game of thrones and then you know it was just boo i did just loan uh i did just loan my buddy dave my uh graphic novel and uh Sounds like he read the whole thing in a couple of days. I haven't written, been able to really talk to him about it. Like I've said before, I, I try to read that every year, and I, I love the story, and I mean, I, I think I've been pretty vocal about it. I thought the show was fucking bullshit, so I'll leave it at that. So in, in, my, in my opinion, I was shocked by this news, but at the same time, peace. Good riddance. Fuck off. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Rest in peace. All right, what else is going on? How are you going to follow up that? <laughs> well, as shocking as the ending of Watchmen was, or the cancellation of Watchmen was, this week we are talking about our most shocking comic storylines that shocked us the most after we read it. So are we talking storylines or are we talking like individual issues? Because I have a one issue that really or shook me pretty much to the core. Uh, one, one, we could talk about issue, an issue that uh, that's a storyline. So yeah, issue. You got something, Rob? I do have something. So it was is, about. Uh, is your shocking book gonna be a happy shock or is it gonna be a sad shock? Mine's kind of a, I guess a happy shock would be the appropriate descriptor under those two options. So when did uh, you'll have to help me out here, Rich, because I wasn't collecting. When did uh, DC do their rebirth? Oh, I think we're going on three years ago. So the actual universe rebirth was three years ago. Yes, it was June 2016, I believe. Uh, So I actually picked the DC Universe rebirth number one. And Jeff Johns. Yes, sir. So some context for our listeners. So this was kind of, you know, you were fully vested back in the comics for probably, you know, two or three years at this point. And... Actually, no. I actually I was picking up New Fifty Two stuff, and then when I knew that they were going to relaunch the continuity, that's when I started the poll again. Was when Rebirth happened. I gotcha. Okay, you were invested in in collecting again, and you were doing some reading. Yes. And you just called me up randomly out of the blue, and you were like, you know, I know you're busy, but you've got to you've got to read this Rebirth issue. I'm not going to tell you anything about it except that the ending is fucking amazing and you need to you need to check it out. So I think it was about maybe a couple days later uh, you let me borrow the copy and you were like 
I would say almost borderline harassing me daily. Did you read it yet? Did you read it yet? Did you read it? Did you get to the end? Did you get to the end? So I was like, no, it's kind of a thick book, so I'll get there. Um, <laughs> I do. I, I remember it. Um, it was like, man, something's. I hope this ending is amazing. But I mean, it really was. I mean, it's kind of funny because it really connects with our previous conversation. I mean, right there in the Batcave, the last page. You know, Batman's pulling the comedian's happy button with the blood splatter out of the Batcave wall. Yup. And, and they're using, you know, no no other story than the Watchmen to kind of aid in the relaunch of the entire universe, which I thought was pretty, pretty shocking because uh, to that point, I mean, yeah, you've had like before Watchmen and you've had some, you know, some things around the original book, but nothing that would tie to a universe uh, rebirth. So I thought that was pretty shocking, but also pretty cool and exciting. And uh, I think you were uber excited to talk about it with me. You're like, so what'd you think? What'd you think? Like it was pretty exciting i remember reading it and going you've got to be fucking kidding me like that i haven't been shocked by a comic book like i was reading that and i was pumped dude really really pumped and then the whole thing about uh the doomsday clock storyline was announced and we were going to finally see the watchman universe tied into the continuity of the regular universe and i it was and doomsday clock just now wrapped a couple months ago yeah it was a what a year-long series that turned into a three-year series yes yes now i feel like I, I need to go back and reread all 12 of those issues just to really get a grasp on it it was very well done but that's a good pick i really love the ending of that and dunny dunny cite the watchman at the end of that nothing ever ends or adrian and what's he what's he saying um yeah, let's see kind of says uh there's going to be a war between hope and despair love and apathy faith and disbelief when i was outside of time i felt uh their presence i tried to see who it was i couldn't but i know they're out there and they're waiting to attack again for some reason i can feel it even now barry we're being watched. That's the last page, but obviously they've got Dr. Manhattan uh, referenced in the beginning because he's talking about the watch. I'm assuming it's the watch that broke uh, when he became Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, there's a lot of books I could have picked, but this is definitely a recent one that uh, shocked me to the very last page. So that's my pick. DC Universe Rebirth number one. Nice. Very good book. You want to go, Mark, or you want me to go? I'll go. Mine was a Fantastic Four issue 267. Came out in June 1984. I wasn't even born yet. It was Don. It was the writer, the writer, the writer. <laughs> the writer and artist of this issue was John Byrne, and this is when the She-Hulk had taken the thing's place in the, in the Fantastic Four. And this is right after they got done with the Secret Wars. And this issue was really what really kind of normalized superheroes for me because it, they had, like, in this particular issue, they had, like, a real-life issue. The Invisible Woman had come into contact with some radiation while she was pregnant. And it affected her and the unborn baby's life. And in this issue, they're dealing with radiation. And so they have 
Dr. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. They have, and it's so funny because this movie is going to come out this year. They have Michael Morbius. They have Walter Langowski, who is Sasquatch from the team Alpha Flight. They have Bruce Banner, the Incredible Hulk. So all three, all four of these guys are in this waiting room. They're trying to figure out how they can help the Invisible Woman. And one of the doctors suggested to them that this particular radiation that they're dealing with can only be helped by Dr. Otto Octavius, who we know as Dr. Octopus. Right. And he is in a psychiatric ward. And in this issue, Reed Richards goes to the psychiatric ward to get Dr. Octavius to see if he can help. And then as soon as he gets him to help, Dr. Octopus is triggered by a Spider-Man poster. And goes crazy. And this entire issue, he's fighting Dr. Octopus. And his he kind of reverts back to his old criminal ways again. And he's fighting Dr. Octopus. And just as Reed Richards wins and he's kind of gets back to the hospital to check on the Invisible Woman, it's the last page, last panel. It's surrounded in all black. The doctor puts his hand on Reed Richards' shoulder and says, I'm sorry, but she lost a baby about 30 minutes ago. Damn. Hmm. So, like, I mean, my heart kind of, like, skipped a beat because it's like, I didn't know how the issue was going to end. I see this epic battle going on, and I get to that last page, and I'm like, please don't make it. Please don't let it be. Please don't let it be. And sure enough, she lost the baby. And it's just like, you know, people in everyday life, you know, women have miscarriages. And here it is, the Invisible Woman really went through something that people normally go through. And so that was kind of like, that was a shocking issue to me. Like, well, I remember being a teenager reading that, like, that was pretty heavy. Yeah, absolutely. Is that before um, Franklin's there? Franklin, son, right? yeah. Yeah. No, this that... is after Franklin. Okay. That's rough, man. Yeah. So that was a shocking issue to me because this kind of like brought real life issues into a comic book. Yeah, and it's like the whole time you're rooting for him and he's working really hard to try to find a solution and then it doesn't matter how hard he worked, shit still happens. I mean, and he was in the middle of fighting Dr. Octopus to get him to the hospital and the baby ended up dying. That was really like, there was such a crusher. Definitely yeah. a shocker. Another another last page, last panel, shocker. I love those because you never know, as you're reading this story, you really don't know how it's going to end. Yep. No. It makes uh, reading, um, I think, comics all that much more fun and exciting. Rich, what do you have? Man, this issue that I, that I, it, it stuck with me since the first time I read it. It stuck with me in a, uh, a bad way, I want to say. It's not a very, I don't know, it, just, it, was, it was definitely the most shocking comic I ever read. It was back in uh, November of 02. It was Green Lantern issue 154 by Judd. Winnick. So it opens first page, first panel with a guy named David and he's crying as he's uh, recounting and retelling a story event that that has occurred. David is leaving a dance club with his boyfriend Terry and he's expl he's basically explaining to uh, the police the incident that happened. They left this uh, dance club together and he kissed Terry outside. And three guys witnessed it and basically chased them down and they get separated. The title of the issue is Hate Crime. Mm. And essentially mm. it's David explaining the events that led up to him finding Terry completely beaten to a pulp in, in the gutter. I'll just read what 
happened to him. Terry has a broken arm, two broken legs, one of them broken in three places. His left hand is mangled. He has four broken ribs and a collapsed lung. He also has a skull fracture. He may lose an eye. They had to drill a hole in his head to relieve the pressure from the bleeding in his brain. He's on a respirator and a coma, and he may die. So that's how bad they beat this poor kid. So Kyle Rayner is Green Lantern in this time frame, and he knows knows Terry because he works for the magazine that I believe Kyle works for and his girlfriend Jen, and they're trying to comfort Dave. So basically it turns to an investigation of Kyle's pissed, obviously. So he goes to hunt down these these three guys while like while the cops are questioning Kyle of how he knows um, David and Terry, he has his ring. He puts this microphone on the wall and he's listening to these cops say that they found one guy and that they're going to put him in protective custody in Rikers Island uh, until they can until he can confess to where the other two guys are. So, of course, Kyle goes and. It's basically the the rest of the issue. He goes to the cell, creates a soundproof barrier, and essentially tortures the guy straight up Batman style to get information to find out where the other two guys are. He finally confesses and says they're leaving town. So then he finds them in the alley trying to leave, and of course he uses his ring and it crushes their car, and he proceeds to beat the shit out of those two guys. So essentially at the end... Basically, he's found justice for Terry and Dave. He goes in and sees the kid, and he says, Okay, now it's your turn. I did my part. Now you got to do yours. You got to wake up. And then Jen comes in. She's like, Kyle, what are you doing? He said, He has to wake up now, Jen. I caught those guys. I did my part. Now he has to. He's got to wake up. It was awful. But it's like stuff like that happens, man. It's just, it was like a raw, real life issue reading it it's a disgusting yeah to get it kind of speaks to it's like people it it speaks to the sad reality that people can lose their lives because other people just don't want to accept that they are who they are who am i to tell somebody who they are who they are who they are not you know it's again it's kind of a sad reality for some folks also it helped other people who may not have to who may not have to worry about hate crimes or live a particular lifestyle it brought that into a comic book to make you think about what that would be like oh absolutely yeah it helped you to be more sympathetic and to empathize more yeah i think i think a comic book is a good um a good place to kind of bring some of those storylines in. I mean, if, you know, sometimes we're inundated with things like this on the news, but if you can, you know, bring it out in a story of a comic book character, I think it, it reaches different audiences and it may reach some of the same people just completely differently. So I'm all for it. We've been, we were collecting green lantern for a little bit and uh, this one just came up and, I don't know. It, it stuck with me forever. I mean, the cover alone, I, I'll never wow. forget that cover. So it's basically Terry with his face beat in pretty much. What year was that, Rich? This 2002? was 2002. Definitely a shocking book. Not in a good way, but also, you know, like you said, Mark, it, it opened your eyes. And uh, so I didn't really do any back backstory or context uh, if Judd Winkin said anything about it or what inspired the story or if this was a personal story or not. I don't, I don't know. I didn't do all that, but I just, it definitely did its job and it stuck in my brain. So that is a shocking issue. 
Solid yes. pick, man. I'm like, what is the uh, what? What's the issue? It is Green Lantern 154. Some of us had good shocking, Rob. <laughs> the rest of us had kind of eye-opening shocking. So what do we want to rank them here? Mark, why don't you go first, bub? I would say yours is number one. So Green Lantern 154. Mine is number two, and Rob's is number three. What was yours? Fantastic Four what? Vo- number 267. Volume one, number 267. And then Rob's rebirth number one rob what's your pick man um it's a tough one um i mean the only thing that these books have in common is kind of the shock factor i'll probably have to rank them the same as mark did i think um when we have the opportunity to to, when real life gets brought into the comic universe i think it's important to listen um so i'm gonna go with uh green lantern fantastic four and uh DC Universe Rebirth number three. This is probably the first time that the three of us completely agree in the ranking. <laughs> so our most shocking issue this week comes Green Lantern 154, Fantastic Four. Volume one, number one, 267. And then DC Rebirth. Okay, so let's get back to our uh, top ten comics of all time between the three of us. Mark, uh, what's your what's your number nine? Well, it's easy because it's the one that I chose for the most shocking. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no, since I've read that issue, no other issue has has really shocked me like that. So that number, Fantastic Four, Volume One, Number Two Sixty Seven, is my number nine for sure. All right, so, Rob. What's your number nine? So I'm actually going to go with Kingdom Come Number One. I remember um, the first time I opened that up. For some reason, um, we're going to the hospital for something. I don't know why. But anyway, I just remember reading that and just being amazed at Alex Ross's artwork and just being blown away. I think the first time I read that, it was like I didn't even read it because I was so caught up in the the visual, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's been a while since I've read it. I think I want to go back and read all four of them again. I remember the first time I even um, knew that Kingdom Come was a thing was, Rich, you remember we used to um, tape the uh, comic shop news issues to our wall in our bedroom growing up? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and there we had one of the panels had the cover of uh, Kingdom Come uh, with all the... Uh, I think there was one with all the villains and there was one with all the heroes. Um, but that was when I first like got a glimpse of what it was. And then we picked it up several years later. And I just remember being just floored. And the cool thing was, remember when we got Alex Ross to sign all our stuff in Chicago and his dad happened to be there. Yep. And I was like, oh, my God, it's the guy from the comic book story. And it's like he used his father. Yeah, he uh, used his father as the reference to the, what the heck was his name? McKay? I Reverend so. McKay or something? I was like, it's it, it's the same person. Yeah, it was pretty May... cool to see an actual uh, life model that he had used as yeah. a reference. I mean, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And it was just like he was just kind of there um, supporting um, Alex, of course, but. That was pretty cool. Just a, that was a little extra, a little bonus there. I probably have 
uh, another issue in my top 10, but I'm um, definitely going to go with the first one as uh, my number nine slot. So what about you, Rich? Mine is really not as shocking as Mark's, but uh, th- this this particular comic book isn't anything special, but it holds a lot of special memories. It, uh, it is the very first Elseworld comic book that I ever remember reading. Oh, yeah. Superboy? Superboy number one, annual number one, Elseworld from 94. Uh, <laughs> I want to read that. This, I just reread this this book, and uh, it was pretty crazy. I mean, Superman dies in that, Batman oh, let dies me, let, let me just Let me just give you the context of it. Elseworlds. In Elseworlds, heroes are taken from their usual settings and put into a strange times and places, some that have existed or might have existed, and others that can't or couldn't exist. This is one of them. How are you even supposed to understand that shit? <laughs> mm. It's just I like, let the... us play with these fucking characters. I just um, love it was the basically called the... to was... narrate that. What's that? I said, I just love the voice you use to narrate that. <laughs> Well, Elseworlds. This, this was the Super 7 Part 2 Men of Steel. And it's basically the context is this this horde has taken over Earth for the past 10 years. And uh, there's only seven heroes left. There's Wonder Woman, there's Superman, Superboy, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, and Metalex, which is basically Metallo with Lex Luthor's brain. Let's just go down the list here, man. Batman dies, the Flash dies, Wonder Woman dies, uh, Superman dies, and it's all at the end. Superboy turns into Superman, and essentially how they get to all these heroes is because Lana Lang is like this liaison between the Horde and the humans, and she basically betrays Superman, making him believe that uh, Lois has been captured by the Horde and is imprisoned by them and she's really the the villain to the villain i don't know dude it was it's a crazy book you should reread it it's it's got a lot of fun memories it's nothing there's nothing special about the story other than you know just the memories of it the artwork is pretty damn excellent i have to say it's kind of like a combination between rob liefeld and dan jurgens it's it's really weird so but yeah, it was fun. It was fun rereading that. So my number nine on my top ten is Superboy Annual Number One, the first ever Elseworlds that I read. Now <laughs> I have to disagree that there's nothing special about the storyline because what our listeners need to know is we made our own home movie version of this comic book with our buddy Felix Slater. Oh my god, it was so bad. I remember my Superman S was a piece of cardboard on my chest. It was so bad. <laughs> didn't even have a Superman shirt. <laughs> didn't even have a Superman shirt. Oh man, it was so bad. But it was so much fun. We, it was so much fun. What character were you? Because I was Superboy. Who I the hell were you? I was supposed to be Green Lantern, but I don't know how you make a Green Lantern happen. I think we had a green light bulb in our basement, but it never made the cut, so... <laughs> That is hilarious. Was Green Lantern even in the book? What's that? Was Green Lantern? Yes, Green Lantern is what the only one of the only heroes that lives in this story. Oh, Oh, I wish I could get my hand on that video. That's so fucking bad. Oh, glad it's perished somewhere. You're Um, glad it's perished somewhere. Now you got people gonna want to see that shit. Isn't there a? Isn't the 
that comic folded in half. Yes. This comic has seen better days. It, is, it has a giant seam down the middle of it. On our best uh, care of that, I wonder if you folded it in half and shoved it in your back pocket one of those days. Uh, I did. I'm, I'm sure I used it as a uh, as the script for the movie, you know? I had it right there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that line right. Here, let me find it. Good times. Um, good times. Good times. I'm glad you said that. That's a... Oh, man. That's a good... I'm glad that made the cut for you. <laughs> it's it's lower on the list, but it, it made the cut for sure. So, nice. A lot of uh, a lot of fond memories of that one. What else we got on the table? I don't know, dude. My biggest takeaway from this episode is the fact that uh, your old neighbor, your buddy, is now back to collecting comics. Yeah, um, he's mentioned to me a couple times that you know he's checked out some of the episodes. He's really enjoyed them and. Uh, He's started his poll again. I think that's pretty awesome. It kind of, I mean, doing this show and having these conversations with you guys has definitely got me more consistently reading stuff. And at least at the very least, you know, looking into um, different stories and different things that I used to do a, a, a lot and haven't been able to do. I just think when we first started out that the biggest thing we wanted to do was share our love of comics and share how cool it is to collect and how cool it is to have a poll. And I think it's really cool that he's come away from listening to the show and is now doing it again and kind of just re renewed his love of collecting. And I just, I really wanted that to be what the show was all about. So I think we're, even though we're only 11, 12 episodes in now, uh, I think that's really encouraging. And I really, I really want to hear other testimonials or other people that, have decided to start collecting again or get really into it. It's really cool. Yeah, I think even if you're not, you know, even if you don't have a poll at your local comic store, but you're you're really um, involved in kind of the genre of comics. I mean, it's so wide these days. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about Comic-Con. Like, that's almost like, you know, 80, 20, 80% pop culture, 20% comics these days. Absolutely, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to hear from folks that engage in the genre at any level. You know, if if it's for you watching movies and watching shows, uh, for others it might be collecting, you know, memorabilia, not necessarily comics, but definitely comic-related stuff. I would love to hear testimonials from anybody um, that has, you know, collected, never stopped, maybe stopped for a little while and got back into it. I just think... To your point, Rich, the point of the show is, you know, three guys that have bonded over comics and, you know, what's your story? Why did you bond over comics? And I think it'd be kind of cool to have some guests on uh, similar to, you know, Gib and talk about why comics or why collecting or why anything, you know? Yep. I love it. If you like this episode, please be sure to email us at heroeshomebase at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook at Heroes Home Base Podcast. This is Mark. Thanks again, guys, for listening. This is Rob. And this is Rich. We really do appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening and supporting this RMR production.